Testing. 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 Blah, blah, blah. There it is. We are podcast professionals. <laughs> Just like Nerds. Paul F. Tompkins. Paul Andy DeLompkins. The F stands for Efferwood. Paul Efferwood the Tompkins. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. All right. You got the script all typed out? <laughs> um, no, he hasn't memorized. Duh. All right. Here we go. <laughs> do, 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 do. There it is. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 There we go. The pause before the last beat is like the most... Yep. delicious part of it i like savor it and you you said out loud last time what i've been thinking which is they don't leave enough of a pause in the actual theme yeah they don't it, yeah by the end of this i'm gonna be like putting in like a 20 second pause <laughs> <laughs> uh welcome to everwood never wouldn't a podcast where I, Adam Lover, make my friends Eric and Katie watch and discuss with me the first season of the hit early 2000s WB teen slash family drama <laughs> Everwood. <laughs> Tonight's episode, season one, episode 17, Everwood Confidential, written by David Schoner, directed by Arlene Sanford. Original air date, February 17th, 2003. Official DVD booklet episode description. If only they had a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote these? It's so good. <laughs> if only they had a clue. After an elderly man says he committed a long unsolved murder, Andy and Harold investigate the crime. Laney reveals that before Colin's accident, he intended to break up with Amy. <gasps> oh, a lot of uh, secrets coming from the past mm -hmm. in this episode. It's a, it's a theme. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, initial impressions, or should we just dive right into the <laughs> thorough, comprehensive recap? Well, I was saying as we walked away to take our break before we started recording, I said... How did you feel about like I said? Was that a shorter one? Was uh -huh. that a shorter episode? And I reminded said? KT that no, all episodes had to be basically exactly the right. same length back, back then. then. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, well, what the fuck? It felt really short. And you said that's because it was really good. Mm -hmm. And I agree, but also at the beginning, I definitely didn't think that. <laughs> 
so weird at the beginning. Like, I think I constantly forget how quirky Everwood can get, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. how goofy. Because it, it's also so melodramatic. So yeah, when it's really right. quirky, it really surprises me been, every time. It's been yeah. less quirky recently, I think, too. Yeah. It's been a while since, like, the... Was it the weed episode that kind of got... And they referenced the weed episode in this episode. Like, oh. and I, I think they're similar in that they both had kind of like quirky, like music cues. Yeah, the music this was definitely, definitely bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was really fun. Like, obviously, I think it really, I don't know, like felt like all the strands tied into the same story, but that's not true because there were just two storylines. It was one big storyline and Ephraim was very much a sub story. The other thing was kind of minor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that helps it to feel shorter too. Mm. Like, like the, like the last, the Valentine's day episode had like, at least three, maybe four yeah. storylines intertwined. Who directed it? Gary Marshall? <laughs> oh, speaking of Paul F. Tompkins. That's true. KT has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> directed by Michael Schultz, not Gary Marshall. Sorry, oh, okay. bud. Oh, I'm thinking of the movie Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, no, yeah, I think this one does feel uh, breezy. I think compared to a lot of other yeah. Everwood episodes. And also we made the comment that it felt like a one of, an episode of Community. Like I was specifically saying mm-hmm. the Christmas episodes because they're always very different. But yeah. they always have these weird, you know, mm-hmm. the zombie episode or yeah, the fun, paintball episode. Yeah. Fun like, with super genre. Fun. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. Which I can see being groundbreaking, especially yeah. in this format of yeah. this early 2000s hit WB shows. Everyone did it before community was even uh, yeah. a twinkle in Dan Harmon's eye. Wow. Um, wait, have I, have I brought up my, the, the, what back in when I thought I might be able to ever like write a spec script of community. I had, I wanted there to be like, I wanted Abed to have a line about Everwood. I'm sure oh you did. Like, and, well, because I wanted it, I wanted him to reference basically like, he would bring up Everwood and then he would say something like, you know, it takes place in Colorado, but wasn't actually filmed there. Disappointing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like super meta because c- community yes. also takes place in Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's like my pathetic, like <laughs> I have, a, I have three ideas for like a community spec script and they're all just little jokes like that. And I don't have the discipline to actually well, hey, write shit. How many people write episodes of community? I mean, not that this is a community podcast, but like, I'm no, no, no. I'm saying when somebody writes, when somebody wrote an episode of Community, it wasn't just one person, was it? Or didn't don't they have like writers? Oh no, no, lots of writers. So Adam, you would fit in in the fictional universe where Community is still running, and you are applying (laughs) to get the job. You definitely could work at the Community writing. Help with the movie, Dan Harmon. If you ever listen to this Everwood podcast, (laughs) if you get to episode (laughs) seventeen. Uh, we're start here. Please consider this my job application yeah. for <laughs> helping. I will even like I will literally just like do coffee and sandwich runs for the writers room. Uh-huh. Like I, I will do that. Head writer only. <laughs> Dan Harmon, if yes. you're listening to this, and you can get me sandwiches. <laughs> uh. 
sandwiches were oh, mentioned man. a few times in this yes, they were. episode. There they were. That's that's a very good point. Um can we never start again just because of how much that killed everything? Can we please just that's the whole episode. Uh, we all try to start something else, but nothing ever happens. And, uh, you know when the what the fuck? Well, you know, part of me is like, sure, let's stop recording and that could be episode. Legitimately, a part of me does think that. But this was very fun. Yes, but I, yeah. I you know, Parker, just... cut it here. My. My my commitment to sharing our discussions of Everwood mm-hmm. with our non-existent listening <laughs> audience yep. mirrors kind of the level of commitment yeah. of, say, like Forrest McNeil and review. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important. I think we're doing important work here. Yeah. So let's, yes. let's Plus it would get be too jarring it. after our two and a half hour episode last yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's actually perfect. It would be it would be, it would be uh some pretty bad whiplash. <laughs> Maybe we need to keep it ten minutes so that people can look ahead once they're about to quit and be like, well, the next one's only ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um tonight's episode brought to you by Viagra. Yeah. Viagra, helping old people fuck. Yeah. All the time. Um, by the way, though, you know what's dumb? I don't like the intro. We're going back to the beginning of the very beginning. That where is where we're starting. Ta- yes. Yes. He's talking about how nobody. Okay. I have two problems. He says how nobody Earth. goes. Yes. Earth goes. How It says how nobody goes to the old folks home. Right. Anymore. Anymore. Not that they ever really used to anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> so like none of that makes sense. So like one, this community has been set up as a in incredibly involved and small Mm -hmm. and cutesy community. It made no fucking sense that nobody went to the thing. And then they tried to justify it by saying it was related maybe to the murder. Is that what they were trying to hint at? Like it's the secret and so nobody goes to the old folks? No, that's not... I don't think that was suggested. He... He made it sound there was some sort of phrasing yes. that made it sound not that, that there it was, was something, something there was a sinister reason. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like what? Like, and in the, in the beginning they said yes, that? in that's the, the, in the narration overhead thing. So I was like, oh wow, like something bad's gonna happen. And then it was so obviously a dog from the very beginning that I, <laughs> I was mean, like, what? wait, like <laughs> I mean happening? they 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 have the whole kind of like sinister seeming intro, and they show like. Dr. Brown's like silhouette or shadow. Yeah, it's like right around when that's oh, happening. Oh, is it supposed to be like old uh like what's it called? What am I the Phantom? Like like old radio plays? Is that what it's supposed to be? Like, like an old is that what know. you're saying it has the silhouette like it's threatening? I guess I don't remember the silhouette. Yeah, it was I him was holding very... the syringe, the silhouette of him against the door. But like why so no, that it's just okay, a that, joke about oh, how a so, syringe is scary so nobody wants to go to the old folks home? Help no, me understand no. this intro. I'm 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 re-listening to it. I've heard it said that a retirement home is where people go when life is through with them before they're through with life. That expression was true enough in Everwood. The Ransel family bought the old Hicks mansion in 1942 thereafter converting it into Everwood's sole retirement home. 
People don't tend to visit the Everwood retirement home that much anymore. Not that they ever did. Don't know if it's the spirits of the past or a premonition of their own future, but something keeps them away. Then sometimes, just sometimes, a little light shines in this dark, empty place. Okay, Charlie, you're up. The delivery of it was weird, but also, again, I don't believe that nobody would go there. Come on. No, I think this is. I think this is very classic, very normal, typical ageism, and like the way we treat our elderly mm. like really poorly. I think that's a very common thing, and I, I think actually believe like that. But in that community. We've yes, hundred percent. All these little tiny—they're not a kind community. They oh. are—they are reactionary, conservative, selfish. Like, like they—it's not like you'd think that they would take care of the like a lot of the. I mean, maybe we're making putting them in the retirement but, home. Putting them in the retirement home—that's what a lot of people think is taking care of the elderly. I think that I think that's a very quintessentially American. Like small well, town thing I, is to like I don't think put them away. But retirement homes aren't necessarily not every parent wants to live with their children. All retirement homes are not bad. I wasn't thinking that just because it's a retirement home. Like, fine, if that's what he's trying to say, but I still think that in the place of Everwood, which has to me been set up as this, yes, right, they're conservative, but that doesn't have to do with like taking care of your elders. And also once someone is in a retirement home, it doesn't mean nobody that's what I'm saying. Like you're acting like when you put them there, nobody can access them, like or something. It's no, no just no. that they don't. He's, they don't want right. to. That's a thing. Like that's. This is I a thing. understand, but, but I'm saying in I the context the thing that's of jarring this for show, you is that yeah. a lot of the narrations, like the Irv things, is setting up Everwood as this like feel as like a yes, yeah, town. like a Norman, like a Norman exactly. Rockwell. That's yes. what I'm saying, and like not yeah. every place forgets their elderly. Like not but everywhere. Everwood does. Right. Okay. So now I just have to accept <laughs> you just that. Have to I guess incorporate That's, that well, into your canon. I'm just saying how it didn't feel correct to me. Like in my my idea of what Everwood is building to be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, I see that because like because of how how often the narration is, it does kind of paint mm -hmm. this like. But not like, just that. It's a about the snow. It's an. It's a. It's a cozy town with where everyone knows each other and everyone seems to just you know all the old people all have connections like I don't think that even just the relationships in the main characters like the old people that aren't obviously to the point where they would need to go to an assisted living facility or anything like that they're still like totally revered and included and like yeah and then like I can't imagine us believing that if either of them were put in a retirement home that nobody would visit them i don't know i mean there's been hints of shitty people and things in everwood like the whole thing with nina and her surrogacy preg pregnancy the way people reacted to that the, yes, the backstory we got thing. about oh man this is about be a edna and irv and their relationship like i you know i I, I I basically view it as like adding a like I think it's an interesting way to again like add a wrinkle or some texture to like it like the show is not interested in propping everyone up as like the ideal little cozy town like there there are aspects of of it that are like nice and celebrated by the show mm -hmm. but in other in in some ways it like everyone deals with the same issues as 
a lot of communities just everywhere in the United right. States and in Western culture do, which is we, we're uncomfortable with death. We're mm -hmm. uncomfortable with mortality and old age. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and yeah. I, I don't think that's a general like thing. I don't think obviously everybody treats mm -hmm. their, no. like their, their parents and grandparents. This right. way. But it is a, a problem. Like, I or know. I don't know, like a, if that's the right word, but it's definitely overarching. Like that you could probably say that about a lot. A lot of nursing homes, unfortunately. I I know that. Yes, I understand that. I would I, say that, like, the decision to like have this narration and to decide that, like, this is what's true about everyone's retirement home. Like, I think that that is that they basically just did that in service of the, the story. The yeah. fun That's what I'm saying yes. because like, otherwise 100%. you set that up and then you explore that because that's what I feel like the show would be about right, is exactly. like Ephraim coming in and realizing that everyone's forgotten about the three old folks right. that live here. And whereas and so they didn't, something they didn't happens. Right, right. It was like, like a comedic, weird, quirky yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. They decided to make that like a part of. Of, of, of what Everwood is and what the retirement home is. They didn't really explore it. It was mostly to, uh, to, to set up, yeah. you know, I think that it's a mystery is, episode, yeah. a murder episode. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they needed it to feel kind of tense and, sus and mm -hmm. suspenseful. They needed to show like a shadow, uh, like right. Dr. Brown's shadow. And then they get subverted when it's like, Dr. Mm -hmm. Brown, friendly, I'm here to help. Like, right. And I guess you're probably supposed to figure out about it with the guy who wants his Viagra and stuff like that. But I think the mm -hmm. problem is that that as a concept is too sad and too real. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, I it, it it jarred me because like I understand that that is definitely a problem in reality, but Everwood is weird and not really real. <laughs> ever so weird. Much. Yeah, ever oh, weird. Ever like, weird Indiana. I feel like that's often the problem I have with this show is apparently I think it should be realer and then it should also not be. I don't know, like... Yeah, make up your mind, KT. I don't know, because, like, you can't take a really sad, serious idea like that and, like, and then be like, bloot, doot, everyone's <laughs> built on Indian burial ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Spoilers. just saying, it's a poltergeist. Yeah, it's a poltergeist situation. I was hoping that maybe it would develop into that. I mean, <laughs> but it didn't. Well, in case you listeners who don't watch the episodes uh, before listening to us. Fuck them, fuck, fuck you. But in case you haven't gathered it. Fuck you, Dan Harmon. <laughs> the episode, episode starts in a retirement home. We meet a, a man named Judge Marvin Harrison. Judge Marvin has uh, standard senile dementia. So that's always fun. That's another serious thing yeah, that the episode. Yes, <laughs> it was a super some fun with. I I think I was I really felt like the whole beginning was very dark, and that's why I was very confused by this episode. Mm -hmm. I kind of I yeah yeah I I can see that. Like here, I've seen this episode so many times, and so I'm just in love with like ready, the goofy yeah, genre stuff. Right, dark. And so I and so I'm keyed into it right away. Like I, if I could like watch it for the first time as like a grown like discerning adult, <laughs> I probably would be thrown off by it too, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Marvin is Hal Senior's uh, was Hal Senior's friend. Hal Senior being Harold's father, he was his golfing partner and Harold's godfather. Mm -hmm. And the episode, the inciting kind of moment of the whole episode is that uh, Judge Marvin. 
basically, it sounds like he's confessing to a murder. He says, mm -hmm. I killed him. Blood everywhere. That's scorching summer. KT, of course, while watching, <laughs> predicted it right away because like we like we've seen these storylines yeah. before. Yeah. It's not CSI. Yeah. The Simpsons did it long before Everwood with, with like Ned Flanders. Like Bart thinks Ned murdered oh, Maud, but 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 it's like just a plant, a house that plant. In years, holy. Moly. So this is, but you know, but still, this is two thousand three. Mm -hmm. It might not have been done as much by that point. Like right. maybe everyone was in the middle of the crowd or something. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't think you're even meant to, because like the music is so goofy too. Even it's so when it's goofy, supposed to be yeah. sinister music, it's like oh, wow. it's goofy like, sinister. It's, yeah. yeah, totally not. So I don't, I don't think sinister. the show is like yeah. really trying to go like Christopher Nolan or yeah. uh, well, especially because he like there's no they're not like questioning whether he's like faking having dementia. Like he's even right. if like yeah. say he was a murderer that was yeah. thirty years ago and he's not like an actual. Mm -hmm threat yeah <laughs> yeah um well let's uh we could follow this storyline but i kind of would love to it has some great moments yeah. I, I i'd love to maybe switch over to f from stuff and get that over with before we come yeah, back to solving the, the yeah. murder <laughs> well we've also got a my a even smaller storyline where delia is sick you just I do love it. I that was the story. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes. That's the story. <laughs> yes. Well, and then there's the through line of fucking Dr. Brown Andy is an idiot. Not, yeah. He won't cover no, his nose yeah. one time. Fucking he walks around with the flu. Yeah, he's like, "What's wrong? I'm just going to sneeze in your face." I don't we understand are definitely, the problem. We're definitely watching this with a COVID-19 lens. Oh my god, but it's For still sure. disgusting. You learn to cover your nose when you're in preschool. He didn't do it one time. Let's we'll one get to time. We'll get to Andy. Let's first oh. celebrate Vivian Cardone's great delivery mm -hmm. of the of when when Andy says like Why didn't you tell me you were feeling sick? She says I'm a trooper, yeah. <laughs> which is a great little line. Oh, and her like guilting Andy about yeah. sending Marvin Harrison to jail. Like oh, the man you sent to j to prison, he was really old. You must feel really bad. <laughs> It's probably going to die um, in jail. Yeah, yep. And of course, her being sick, she's they have fun with her kind of being like helpless and bossy and mm -hmm. ordering Andy around. And there's a great shot. Like, he makes this great face I told, that I, I made a gif of. It's my Everwood Gifts Tumblr. Yep. It's, it's where he kind of, face. his like, it's just like, like the, his eyelids just like halfway down over his eyes, just like really like kind of low key exasperated, but mm -hmm. like, yeah, but mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great little <laughs> gift. We will link to it in the episode description. <laughs> um, ba -ba -ba -bum, Ephraim and Lainey at school. Mm -hmm. What do we think about Ephraim and Lainey? I don't care because... <laughs> Fucking Amy is still around being annoying. Like, if I knew that Amy... Like, Wait. I didn't care from the beginning. Right, but here's the thing. 
I, we were watching and you were like, where's Amy? Like, Amy's going to yeah. frown. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Amy didn't do anything she wrong didn't. this episode. Right. Ephraim is just a, a little turd. Yeah, right. And let's go of Lainey's hand in the hallway when he yeah. sees Amy. Yes, yes, yes. It definitely wasn't Amy's fault, except when, you know, Ephraim's not dating her anymore. And Amy's reaction is like inside, like, oh, hell yeah. Now I can fuck with this guy more. It's obnoxious. This fucking girl. My God. And like, but also it's not just Amy. It's the Ephraim. From Amy thing. It's not just the character of Amy. Ephraimy. Ephraimy sucks. Ephraimy. I'm so tired of it. It distracted me. Like, I mean, obviously that's oh, what you're supposed to experience, but I don't care about the new girl because you know she's not gonna matter. Mm. Or will she? Oh, well, I did. I did like at the while. beginning. I like the little setup of them being their typical snarky selves, complaining about all the post Valentine's Day couples in the halls and then they start yeah. holding hands. I thought that was fun. That it, yeah. it, I honestly, I don't know if I ever actually caught that irony, which <laughs> I feel silly about. And that, that is, that is quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, like that. there's some foreshadowing too, in their discussion yep. about how long these monarch butterfly yep. post Valentine's Day relationships are going to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't last long at all, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Next time we see Ephraim with his piano teacher, Matt, who we haven't seen since Andy originally first hired him. Matt is very critical of Ephraim's piano playing. He's a little critical. And he shows off um, that he can play the song better. Wow, Adam really is sensitive about criticism of Ephraim's piano (laughs) playing. It's true. He was super slow compared to that dude. Adam's like, oh, yeah. wait a second. No, I'm I'm he saying was you. Great. Oh no, like <laughs> you sounded. Eric was like, all right. You were like, he was very critical of Ephraim's piano playing, and Eric was like, well, not that critical. But you just plowed on by. You're like, no, critical. I guess I just disagree. Like he's very critical. <laughs> he and he's very harsh guy, in his criticism. He's a it's, weird no, guy. Yeah, there's some general. weird tonal stuff yeah. going on yes. with Matt for sure. Definitely, he's like he's snapping. He's he like almost crushes Ephraim's fingers mm. with the yes, piano. That was completely thing. inappropriate. Like he was. He's. Weird. He's. I think. I, I think I attribute it to like the character, kind of putting on a kind of intensity yes. that like makes him cool. Yes. Like, like in yeah, the eyes of a student. To, yes, absolutely. I wonder if it's a, a directing thing with like, or maybe, or maybe an acting choice of like the type of person who is talented enough that, you know how you, you what oh. once you start, like this is a generalization, not true with everybody, but like there's a lot of examples of very talented people who seem to like sacrifice something in their brain as like mm-hmm. a human being mm-hmm. to be that talented yeah. and part like yeah, whiplash. like, de- yeah, yeah. like yeah. You know, dealing with humans like yeah. is something sometimes that I feel like goes by the wayside. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. I don't know who this guy's supposed to be set up to be. So. Yeah, I don't know either. It is he seemed odd. to be good yeah. at playing the piano. Uh, yeah. you know. You're I don't I don't think you're supposed to know yet. <laughs> but keep watching the show. Okay. He well. murdered the transient. <laughs> <laughs> he is the he is Horace Hempelman's son. Oh, here to seek revenge. Oh my wow. god! Uh, From that 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 very hot summer, I can't remember. Scorching, we, summer, scorching summer, which was yeah. Oh god! 
God. That's what We're I laughed about, about at the beginning. I know. I'm sorry. It was at the beginning. No, the, the scorching mm. summer stuff was very good. Okay. Um, Matt uh, starts getting chill once he hears that Ephraim's excuse for not practicing <laughs> is that he was on a date. It's a girl Which, thing. Oh, the one excuse I'll accept. Very... It felt like he was inquiring because he's into Ephraim. Mm -hmm. That character, I am so confused by. Like, which would be inappropriate. Like, not because of anything other than the age. Like, the guy's, like, in his 30s, right? What? I don't know. Probably. He looks like he is. Might he might have been like supposed to be like late twenties, early thirties? So what yeah. the fuck he's is the young. deal with that though? Like it 15. seems super. I, I mean, right? And then he's you know he's trying to he's interested because he thinks he could. I, actually, I don't know if he's really planning that far ahead that he um, hears that and he immediately can come up with a plan of sending Ephraim to a bar with jazz piano playing. Like that's like multi. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. He just cares Big about brain. the music, man. He just cares about the music. Mm. Um, there's an incredibly tense scene between him and Andy. Mm-hmm. You need something? No, nothing. I figured you guys were almost finished and I'd catch a little of the brilliance. We're just wrapping up. Ephraim, do me a favor. Take the soup up to Delia and I'll write Matt his check. Later, Ephraim. Thanks. I don't know if you were aware of this, Matt, but when Ephraim was nine, he played Chopin's Ballada Number no. 3 all the way through without a single mistake. Andy, I was wondering if you could uh, maybe stay out of the room during the lesson. Excuse me? I wouldn't want to muddy the waters with whatever issues you and Ephraim have with one another. Well, we don't have any issues. And even if we did, We I went a half hour over, so that'll be 150 instead. Like, he's, like, not spending any energy trying to be nice to Andy mm-hmm. at all. It's pretty wild. Ephraim goes to visit Lainey with flowers, uh, and he begs her, please give me a chance to really mess up. Beep, beep, beep. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, very cute. <laughs> and cutesy, like, cutesy, Ephraim. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a chance to really mess me up. I'll take some um, bush flowers from you. <laughs> bush flowers. I think they wasted an opportunity for like physical comedy. Like when he he goes back to get the flowers mm-hmm. out of the bush, he should have like over fallen the off. The I thought what was going to happen. He was really like that would have been, down there. That would have been so good. Yeah. And then it just oh, well. turns into like a five minute slapstick scene. <laughs> Something else happens. A squirrel was... takes him, runs off. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That is Everwood. <laughs> learn the squirrel story i'm very excited to hear that i need to find who was there ever a stunt coordinator for everwood <laughs> because if so well, if not. so future guest of the podcast stunt coordinator let's see series transportation they had to get Ephraim to pull his fingers back as that piano series thing. stunts by Jim Ramos Vickers is the stunt is a stunt coordinator. Okay, future guests of the podcast: Jim Ramos Vickers, J. Mark Donaldson, Noel Kim, Jeremy <laughs> Fitzgerald, Chris Partridge, Cara Rice, Kathy Jarvis, Harry Wowchuck, and Zach Hudson. You are all on blast. You are all on blast. That's gonna be a 
jam-packed episode. Yeah, the stunt episode. <laughs> Why didn't you do more stunts with Ephraim falling? Like, wait, and did he have a stunt double in that episode where he was sneaking out to go to the party and he like fell oh, off the uh-huh. roof? Uh, yes, he yeah. definitely did. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he did. I think it was one extended shot. Adam loves that guy so much. <laughs> He's, He's not the Tom Cruise. I like Gregory Smith, even though even though Gregory <laughs> Smith didn't reply to my Instagram comment. What the fuck, Gregory week. Smith? Has he what posted a, sh- a photo since? Who the fuck is Gregory Smith? Ooh, yeah. Listen, maybe I he just might not be a regular Instagram. Instagram user. Oh, maybe. And also, maybe I should follow him. Maybe he only talks oh, to people. Oh shit! Who yeah, he he was about to reply to you, Adam. Oh no! And then he realized that you don't follow him. He Oof. hasn't posted since okay. then. Whew. Follow him quick. Did I follow him? Yeah. All right. You should post another comment. Just following up. Don't know if you saw my last comment. Just literally following <laughs> up. Ah. I know I wasn't following before. It's because I'm also an aspiring actor and I'm very self-conscious about my follow to followed by ratio. <laughs> oh God, that was too much truth. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Matt gives Ephraim dating advice. You should go to this place called Ezekiel's, a jazz bar 25 minutes out of town. Ephraim's like, but it's a bar. He's like, yeah. (laughs) Ephraim's like, but it's a bar. Matt's like, yeah. (laughs) Ephraim's like, but it's a bar. (laughs) That was about a minute of dialogue, right? (laughs) Not really exaggerating very much. Matt's like, oh, you think that's going to be a problem with your dad? Cut to Andy. Andy's like, I don't want to let you do that. Ephraim's like, Matt was right. You don't get it. And if Andy's like, you're right. I don't get it. And I hired him to be your piano teacher, not your frat buddy. Um... <laughs> At least he's reading it in an accent this week. Yeah, yeah, in his some other accent. <laughs> uh, Andy's Andy's plan is to be a chaperone on their date, uh-huh. which is, I guess, like fine. That's something that people do, but for kids that are younger, usually. I think, but it is a bar. I think like, it's appropriate. I mean, yeah, like it's a. Bar. An appropriate compromise. Yeah, it is a bar, but like they also seem to be a nice bar, though. Like I feel like I would walk in and be like, you know what? Like as long as I mention to the waiter, like these are my, you know, this is my child. He's seventeen or whatever. Like he obviously can't drink. He's just here fifteen to, or whatever. Sorry, I always think he's definitely older than that, right? The actors, he's not fifteen. Oh, I don't know. They just they specifically mentioned. Oh his yeah, age he is fifteen. Right, 15. fifteen, which is not believable to me. They go on the, the a date at the jazz bar there is an old black magic pianist yep second what? black person in everwood <laughs> it's just like i don't well i don't know I, I guess it's not problematic to depict a jazz pianist as no it should be a black person yes should but, absolutely, it would yeah. be bad if it was ryan gosling yes oh my god i thought i thought it was gonna be matt <laughs> Oh, the penis would blow your oh, socks shit. off. Man. Like it's yeah. a Ron That's what Swanson I thought. Moment. I thought it was a little mm. tongue and cheek. That would be so weird. Yeah, Everyone would be is... like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You already show off your piano playing in our lessons <laughs> after almost breaking my fingers. Yeah. Now you have to rub it in my face on my date. Yep. 
I really, yeah, like I, I think I liked the Ephraim Laney thing a lot more when I was, you know, in high school and mm -hmm. college. Um, the, the dialogue just kind of like, eh, yeah, you know, yeah. The, 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 it's like it's fine. She's like, oh, like how did you get us in here? Like mob ties, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm all kinds of dangerous. Yeah, uh, it's accurate writing for. <laughs> Yeah, teenagers probably particular people yeah. characters. I was impressed by her ability to genuinely laugh. Like she actually mm. thought something was funny as the actress. Yeah, because that's hard to do. Mm. It was like full, like just close up of her just laughing in reaction to that. I noted that. I'm like, mm. how are you laughing mm. at that genuinely? Yeah, <laughs> Rosa Etner. She's an actor. That's how. <laughs> that's how. <laughs> I like when she kissed him. Yeah, you, you did. Were like. You were. <laughs> I liked when she kissed. <laughs> and thought. No, you. I heard Katie. You were like, or one of you was like, mmm, flu. Yes, <laughs> that was you. The whole fucking episode. It's this flu thing. Yeah. Treat yeah. Williams is sneezing with his fucking oh, face wide it. open. Yes. No, we will not because that's why I said mmm, flu. He's obviously exposed every person in his family. We pepper it in like, oh, mmm, flu. Gross. It no, it's an outrageous moment. He kisses this it's girl. Not outrageous. No Knowing that he has the flu, probably. He doesn't have the flu. Yes, he, the flu. he does. His father sneezes into his mouth on the hour. His <laughs> doctor see, father. He's grieving. Fuck his grieving sneezes. It's disgusting. She's She was in the car with him for 25 minutes. Yeah. So she's got it already, too. Oh, my God. This is disgusting. This whole episode is full of germs. I was so happy to fall more in love with Dr. Abbott and how gross he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get a flu shot. Sorry, hey. I'm skipping ahead. He oh was the God, only character that made sense in this <laughs> show. <laughs> well, at least they had the show represented that perspective. Yeah. And it is just your opinion that the flu is bad. Oh my God. Adam! <laughs> it's just your opinion that the vaccines are effective. <laughs> Listeners, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but if you don't remember, we're recording this. Oh, at a oh my God. If aliens find yeah. <laughs> the Everwood, Neverwoodland recordings, the last few remnants of human civilization. Yep. Uh, there was a pandemic that happened yeah. and we were recording during that. Parker pandemic. took a long time to edit this. <laughs> Parker, like, like, his consciousness ends up being transported into like a Wally type creature. <laughs> waste management it's audio editing <laughs> but just for this podcast but he, but he finally gets around to editing it's one assignment <laughs> for 300 years i like the idea that aliens have to recreate everwood based on our just this is all is left there's no there's no actual everwood files anywhere yes, they just have to recreate our, the show based on our bodies. and they would have except that i completely i dissed them every time for not watching the episodes ahead of time yeah. but they couldn't because they were gone and so they stopped because they got disheartened all right so in this human civilization they were both nice and cozy and mean to old people <laughs> Um, while on their date, Lainey drops a bombshell. Oh, give me that hot goss. Well, did you know that before Colin got into the accident with uh -huh. Bright? Yeah. Which, by the way, 
did you know what? that Bright was the one driving? OMG. Which, which, by the way, did you know that when Bright was taking driving lessons with his dad, his dad totally made him cry? Oh, I did know that. <laughs> All right, now let's do Inception. Out, 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 out. Which, did you know <laughs> that before he got into the accident, Colin was planning on breaking up with Amy? Wyatt? He didn't like her as much as she liked him. Oh, you him. could totally tell. Like, the yeah. way that he was, like, playing basketball, it was... Uh, well, did you know so that she cool. told him that she loved him and he didn't say it back? No. Yeah, she's been whining about that for a long time, <laughs> bitches. Hey. Yeah. Don't call us that. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> did you know that when Ephraim and Lainey were on their cool date at that Ezekiel's place, 25 minutes outside of town. Is that that religious place? It's not religious. It's just black and jazzy. Black and jazzy. Sounds so much better than yeah. a Ryan Gosling movie. 100%. Well, when Lainey told Ephraim that Colin had been planning on breaking up with Amy, Ephraim freaked the fuck out. He was so upset and he was like, oh, you can't tell Amy. She'd be so upset. And that's when Lainey knew that it wasn't going to work out. End of bit. <laughs> End of bit. Fine. I thought that was a weird hill to die on for Lainey. Yes. Because, like, you could totally, like, be it, like... For that to be the one thing, I mean, I guess it was in conjunction with the drop in the hand holding or whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. She's smart and she gets it. But, like, in terms of, like, benefit of the doubt stuff, if they were just friends, like, it's clearly, it would be news that could maybe break her up with, with Colin. And so, like, I don't know. Wait, complete your thought? What? Like... He was worried that somehow Amy would find out that Colin wanted to break up with her. For that to be something he's concerned about could totally be something yes, that a friend, a friend would feel. Yes, especially yeah. because it would it would ruin her existing relationship. Yes. If he did have feelings for her, it would maybe open the door for him to be with her. Right. But so, but I think it was, it was supposed to be the intensity of Ephraim's reaction. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he yeah. was like, "Don't tell Amy." Lainey was like, "I'm of course I'm not going to do that. I'm not an idiot." Yeah. Like. I get why she would be like, are you kidding me? Like, why would I do that? I know, right. I do too. I, I, I agree with both because like my reaction later was like, I think she's just a smart girl. Yes, that's she's what I'm saying. She's just smart. She she's like, listen, I could try to do this, but. And she's had a tough year. She tells him later yeah. when he apologizes and says like. Yeah, and then she gives I... one example of a tough thing. That's yeah. it. <laughs> one thing. Her brother in a, co a coma. That's all. Okay, she, well... That's it. Her list ended. <laughs> Well, yes, the coma thing, but, but yeah, she. But I think being sent off to boarding school. She didn't say that. Yeah, she didn't even say it, Adam. She, she didn't say it. She should have. No. She she hates Everwood. She wanted to leave. That's right. That's a good thing. She say to Ephraim, like, you barely even register among this one other thing that I'm listing. <laughs> um, I, it is weird, though, that, F, that, like, after she, like, does list that and mention, like, you know, brother in a coma, Ephraim is, like... Yeah, I wish I was in a coma. Yeah, that was very <laughs> like, weird. What a weird thing to say. Yes, like, it was very insensitive. It was very. I actually very liked weird. that though. 
uh, okay, yeah, you would. You're Writing the one wise. that doesn't know. <laughs> no, like, he's like, he doesn't, he's trying to save it. Like, he's just trying to be funny. Oh, you mean still. like it's like, accurate? Yeah, yes, yeah. The but writing it's, of the reaction who's is not basically getting dumped. The reaction should be, uh, okay, I'm glad I just broke up with you. That should have <laughs> been see. her reaction because that that's very rude to say. Like, even if you're, yeah, even if it's awkward, it's still painful. Like, what the fuck? It's just, it, I, I don't even know if the, if the, writers intended it to be like as bad as it is yeah, yeah i don't I think know. they did no. either <laughs> so very strange like like you know he's dipping back into like yep everwood sucks i wish i was in a coma right like yeah she just she just mentioned how her brother being in a coma is like yes made the last year really hard for right. her <laughs> he should have said i wish i was extremely senile <laughs> what? I standard senile dementia <laughs> oh my god all right, well, that's Ephraim stuff. Let's get into oh, the fun stuff. Um, so after that cold open, hmm. um, we we get the uh, the chief of the police, Roger Murphy, I think the character's <laughs> name is. He's back, and, and he says, I, this is where it references the weed episode, where he, he says to Andy, you know, between this and busting Irma's dope supply, I might have to deputize you, Dr. <laughs> It's almost as like everything interesting that yep. happens in this town involves you. Yes. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> this is where we learn about the Horace Hemperman case. It's always fun when characters like get like into like storytelling mode of like <laughs> a story that the whole community knows, yeah. like an urban mm-hmm. legend or something. Like the guy out in the woods. Yep. And and when and when that the when certain language gets repeated, like that scorching summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really have to take him into custody, Roger. Uh, he's clearly not a flight risk. He can barely walk. You just nabbed Everwood's public enemy number one. We've been trying to crack the Horace Hempelman case for 30 years. I'm about to crack something else if you take this any further. Who's Horace Hempelman? Well, it was the scorching summer of 72. A handsome drifter by the name of Horace Hempelman came to Everwood. He had all the women in a tizzy and all the men jealous with rage. And one day he vanished. Nothing left behind but his shoe with a knife through it and a note that said dead and buried. Oh, come on. He's not serious, is he? I told you we shouldn't have said anything. Big mouth. You should be feeling pretty good right now, Doc. Because of your tip, everyone can sleep safe and sound for the first time in 30 years. But it was like, for, for me, it bothered me because it was like, I mean... I know. I guess it's just supposed to be silly. It seemed like that was the evidence he was supplying that he was mm-hmm. like, well, now we know he murdered this particular case from 30 years ago that would be on his mind at all. Like, how would he be familiar with it? And then and then it's just because he said scorching summer and dead and buried. Well, the dead and buried was like that was a piece of evidence. Yes, or but he's an, a senile old man. It I was know. so implausible was that I was like, "What?" Extremely. That's part of the reason that I didn't the, enjoy I mean, the first part of it. It was far fetched from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. There's no way that I don't think Andy would have called the police. Yes. You think he would have? I think he would have because of like yeah. his need to like be like, "I'm responsible for this information." <laughs> yeah. I'm in charge here. Yeah. We just saw him deal with information, you know, that other time with the guy that's going blind. He can't deal with having information, apparently. Not anymore. Now, Not that he lives in Everwood. It used to be, hey, you have cancer, moron. Get the fuck on this operating table and I'll operate on you. That was our first interaction with Dr. Brown. Now, if he has a piece of information, he can't actually express it in, in a way that's... Are you being sarcastic? 
Only a little bit. <laughs> Only a no, little I, bit. I do buy it though. Like just as kind of like a like an overly concerned person. Like yeah. he has to get involved in stuff. He it can't feels, just let it, things it, go. It, it feels like something that that Doctor Abbott would do hmm. more than Doctor well, Brown. Doctor Abbott wasn't in the no. Doctor Abbott would be like, "You're crazy." Okay, but we're talking about like whether he's basically like lawful good or neutral good right dr brown you fucking nerd no i'm serious though because the fact is dr brown like andy you don't think that he would be like he just talked about murdering somebody i think that maybe we should i actually so okay wait no i'm gonna back up for a second i when i saw that at first i was like wow he called the police and then i was like wait a second he could have called someone else like uh like some kind of social services or something like, man, this man is like really, really confused and like needs to get in contact. I don't know. Like maybe there was some other Avenue that it wasn't just nine one one that he dialed. You know what I mean? Like Andy's a baby. I think Andy is a baby. He is a baby. Like, yes. Like when Mar- I love his face when Marvin, like when it's clear that Marvin has dementia or something, Andy's face is like, he's never encountered this before. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's like, yes. What? What's happening that this old man? Thinks- and he's a brain doctor. <laughs> like, what the fuck? The dialogue, like, rescues it. Because Edna yes. walks over and he's like, is it Alzheimer's? Like, like so yeah. clearly, the, but treat Williams as acting. Uh-huh. Yes. Like, what is this? Yes. <laughs> Why is he speaking like this? Yes. Like, he's not aware of the present moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 goofy uh, set up. the cops and 10 of them come. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like I, I, I but I do think that our, like the police chief is not like a particularly competent person. No. We've not seen him to be. So like he's just like excited when there's any action in Everwood at all. Yes, I think that's very believable. Yeah, and I do like the line. He's like, thanks to you, Everwood can sleep soundly yes. for the first time in 30 years. And I don't think the character is joking. Right. Like the character is like, yeah, yeah. man. He's not We've had this open yeah. murder mystery for 30 years. And now you solved it. Uh, we get to see Rose in her mayoral capacity giving a little press conference. Um, we get the return of uh, the pine cone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The scene has both of our sandwich mentions in yes. the episode first. Uh, Dr. Abbott is storms in and complains that, you know, this is ridiculous and hogwash and all you. I love when Harold storms into places. I love when Harold is like on a warpath. Uh-huh. Yes. That's the best version of Harold for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. But one of his lines is stating that if, uh, if he claimed he was a turkey sandwich, would yes. you serve him in a deli? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then later, one of the questions the pinecone guy asks is, will the prisoner be getting a a hot lunch or, a, or just a sandwich. <laughs> oh, and the fir- his first question was like, "Is there will this be? Will there be fingerprints?" Oh yeah, red ink or black? And Rose is like, "Does it matter?" Yeah. The listeners or the readers have a right to know. He says something along those lines. Uh, great line by Harold in this episode. In the scene is when he's like, "He's this man is no more a murderer than any of you are civilized." <laughs> oh my god! So good. Yep. Harold. He disparages the pine cone too. Mm-hmm. He talks about it being fish wrapping tabloid. Yes. Yeah. Um, we did the same newspaper that in that one episode when he like uh-huh. was getting the award, he was like, Oh, 
I need to make sure Dr. Andy Brown is in town to mm-hmm. see the pine cone. Uh, <laughs> I love Harold and Andy teaming up as detectives. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. fun. true detective season zero right there. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is. Um, I think they walk in to the like interrogation room. He waved his right to have an attorney present for questions. Yeah, he'd wave a red flag if you told him he was a bullfighter, Roger. Hello, Marvin. Did you catch the Tonight Show last night, Doc? I thought I'd bust a gun laughing. It's a good sign. There's enough mental clarity to comment on current TV programming. Current? Since when did anyone bust a gut laughing at the Tonight Show? Who's the host, Marvin? Steve Allen, of course. Who else? Oh, criminy. Wait a minute. He does seem to know who you are. Marvin, do you recognize Dr. Abbott? Well, I've known hell ever since I moved to Everwood. How's Edna and the kids? Doc, he thinks you're your father. With those crack powers of deduction, Roger, it's no wonder Everwood's crime rate is so low. I tried to do what you said, Hal. Tried what, Marvin? What did I say to do? You told me I'd get in trouble, remember? If I didn't get rid of the body? So I did. I know you told me I should have burned it now, but I couldn't. So I buried it in the backyard. Dead and buried. Dead and buried. Just like the note said, he did kill Horace Hempelman. And he may have had an accomplice. Um, And then I just wrote the words dead and buried. Good. Good. This is so lurid, that description, by the way, of... The, the, all that was left was a shoe with a knife in it. Yeah, it was so With weird. a note. Yeah. <laughs> Dead and buried. <laughs> doesn't um, make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. And, and, you know, a, the ch- you expect me to believe a chief of police would believe some random just like conspiracy? <laughs> we are recording this the day before the inauguration of Joe Biden. <laughs> Two weeks after uh, the, the the attempted coup at the Capitol, a bunch of uh, off-duty law enforcement. Uh, if only every cop was Roger. No, I don't think that's good either. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. If only every uh. cop was Harold Abbott. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just solved it all. Make every cop a rich white dude. <laughs> Got to kidnap Tom Amandis <laughs> and clone him. This is what like this. The FBI comes to my door tomorrow. He's like, uh, "We overheard you talking about kidnapping Tom Amandis. <laughs> we, we heard you say that other thing, but then you said you were kidding, so you were fine there. Yeah. But this time you did not say you were kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't think we were recording the other oh, thing, shit. So let's just oh, Parker, sad. keep that in. <laughs> keep this in. It's all good. Harold threatens to sue the Pinecone faster than Tom Selleck sued the National Enquirer. Which, yeah, me at all. I was like, oh, I, that's I love how specific it is. Tom Selleck yeah. sued National Enquirer. What's this? I wanted to make a joke about, well, it doesn't look like uh, Dr. Abbott is making uh, current event references. Never. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, it was a 1983 reference. Tom Selleck sues Enquirer for $36 million, claiming he was libeled in three stories published by the tabloid in 1982. 
<laughs> I love that Harold like knows about this. Yeah. But that makes sense. It's got to be like, I think that's so with in his character. I don't think he seems to have so much going on in his life and so many things that he's doing and thinking that like he doesn't have brain space to be up on current pop culture stuff. Yeah. Or like celebrity anything. Totally. Um, they do find human bones. KT, you were you were surprised by that. You were shocked. Yeah. Shocked. And then I was like, is it a classroom skeleton? <laughs> like they've laid it out on this table. That was definitely surprising. But it wasn't. It was a real skeleton. I kept, they, they for a long time, they didn't show a human skull. They just showed fragments of bones or like just regular bones. That could be, if you're not like a fucking bone person, you wouldn't know necessarily right. that they were actually human bones. I kept wondering Especially if it was going to be. As soon as they glimpsed one, they were like, human bones! Yes, it was one piece. And it was like, human bones! And I was like, oh, is it going to be an animal? Is it going to be a, something weird, like a prank? Is it going to... Mm -hmm. And then they were on the table. And I'm like, well, I guess, unless the unless the people doing this are complete idiots, these yep. have got to be real bones. Like, what the fuck? Like, I was that was bizarre. Again, it was another twist and turn, but it was really fun. Thanks, it was really good. I think this is like seriously the first episode for me that like started so low and ended with like that was so much fun to watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that it ended up working for you. Um we get back into the interrogation room. I'm interrogating Marvin. Okay, let's go through this one more time, Marvin. Is that Horace Hempelman buried in your backyard? Just say no and we can all go home. Hell, is that you, Hell? I didn't even see you come in. Hi there, Marvin. How's Peaches? It's wonderful. She bought me this shirt, says it makes me look sharp as a tack. Quite fashionable, yes. Ask him about the body. Oh, it's useless. He's never going to give us anything. You didn't tell anyone our secret, did you? Uh, uh, no. No, I didn't. Mum's the word, Marvin. Like you said, don't tell anyone. Right, but, uh... I kind of need you to tell me now. Was it Horace Hempelman that you buried? Peaches just fell for him. She adored that little... Jim. Who's Jim? Jim who? I didn't mean to kill him, Hal. You know I didn't. Well... Sure cracked him. Who the heck is Jim? Who cares about Jim? We don't even know that a Jim ever existed. They've got no evidence, no last name, no motive. They can't hold Marvin on that. And what about my father? Everyone still thinks he's complicit in a murder. This town holds on to a juicy scandal like it was the Shroud of Turin. They'll never let it go. My father's name will never be cleared, not even if Marvin goes free. I don't think I can live with that. You could send Edna over to town hall. Rose could get her access to any of the records we needed. Yeah, we could check birth certificates, property deeds, driver's licenses, anything. We can cross-reference. We can track down every gym in Everwood history if we need to. Here's what you do. I want you to go to my office and start assembling the bones from the site. You can use my examining table. I'll be right behind you. Right. Where are you going? I gotta make dinner first. They've got a... It's a very lost moment where their reactions to new information kind of diverge mm -hmm. like lock echo in season two of lost mm. uh andy is like oh none of this matters uh much like lock but harold like echo is like no now this matters more than ever and then what was charlie like <laughs> how many gifts have you made of charlie from lost 
I'm not allowed to make gifts of Charlie. I don't make gifts of friends. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Dom. If you listen to this, hi. You should play the game with plays. Um, Harold is obsessed with clearing his father's name. And we've got detectives Abbott and Brown on the case. Edna comes in while Harold is assembling the skeleton. Right, which again, I said this while we were watching. How does he have access to this skeleton? It again, make any the, sense. The Everwood police are not competent. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to deal with crime. As far as they're concerned, like, where should we store the skeleton? Oh, let's start where we stored the weed. <laughs> yeah, in at the mayor's house. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um... I love that Edna's like, you know, I do remember Peaches talking about a gym, but I don't remember, like, I love that Edna just yeah. maybe doesn't care about animals that much, or like pets. Or hated those people. Maybe yeah, she hated that's Peaches. that's what I'm saying. I don't think that she, she must not have liked those people. She can't even remember that Jim was the dog. They also might not have had the dog for very long. But Pete, he said that she always talked about the dog. I know. It could not, it could have been a short period of time. Well, for like one day. <laughs> Edna's helping Harold assemble the bones. It's a nice little moment where they're talking about how senior. It's a disgrace that the Luddites of this town would for 10 seconds besmirch his name with these ridiculous allegations. That's well, awfully sweet of you to defend your father, but he really doesn't need defending. This doesn't bother you? I know who he was. You don't think he was involved? Well, do you? I don't know. I mean, Dad and I worked together side by side for 12 years, but apart from cross-checking diagnoses and his lunchtime inquiries about Rose and the children, let's just say that we had a more formal relationship than I would have liked. Something like this happens, you wonder whether I knew him at all. And I think it's a really cool little like moment of vulnerability and, and like a, mm -hmm. a revelation about Herod's character when he's like, Honestly, I feel like I maybe didn't know him as much as I would have liked to. Like mm -hmm. we, we had a much more formal relationship than I would have liked. Mm -hmm. Like we worked together. He would ask about the family, but it's um, you know him expressing doubt about the relationship he did have with his father. Yeah. Um, so he was like trying to. He was actually kind of hoping there was a murder so that he would know something more about his dad. That he was the kind of guy that would hide it. That is, you know, I like that. <laughs> good that's good do you want to write the community movie with me no <laughs> and then they realize that it's a woman's skeleton which what the fuck does that mean mm -hmm. the plot thickens mm -hmm. what do we do when the plot thickens we go to a jazz bar 25 minutes at a time. <laughs> i love that that harold goes there with andy mm -hmm. not knowing like can you imagine like what, what how they would have had to go there without Harold realizing that they were there with Ephraim yeah. and mm -hmm. Lainey. Like Andy, like, you know, kind of f them following Ephraim and Lainey in, but like from a distance so that Harold just thinks like, oh, we're going to a bar to talk about the case. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, he could have got there later. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Andy references like, you know, because he's clearly coming down with a with the flu. Yeah. Harold calls it out. Putting his dirty tissues all over the bar. No, but here's but but this is where I think like 
Andy says that he never gets sick. And I think that this is another manifestation of like one of his character flaws, which is uh -huh. that he is stubborn. He's, he's resistant to like, like new information about himself. Adam, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. Come on. Like a, a neurosurgeon. And, he, and he's any, he, any, he, like, according to him, he never gets sick. So, like, if That's you were somebody so who, like, I know every time I hear in the real world about a nurse or a doctor or whatever who is like a moron, it is the most terrifying thing. Can we not fucking have Dr. Brown be a fucking idiot? Like, seriously, there are so many people who are anti vaxxers who are fucking nurses and doctors. Seriously. Listen, yeah. show from 2003, you're frustrating <laughs> with modern dumb issues. <laughs> it, it, it was implied that he did not get the flu shot. Yeah, and Dr. Abbott's like, get the fucking flu shot, idiot. And he's just like, meep, 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 I'm Dr. Brown. Like, no, get, stop spreading your germs everywhere all over the bar and everywhere you're going. Man. Would you have responded this intensely like this time a year ago? You have no idea, Adam. I have always been so so I really super judge the parents that take their kids places when they're sick. I think that it is I'm I'm like finally people are starting to recognize like, oh, maybe it is kind of gross when you go somewhere and you are actively sick and you're just spreading your shit everywhere. I always got so mad. My kids got sick so many times from other parents' negligence. I have been somebody who's been pissed about this shit for a long time. So mm -hmm. yes, it is certainly, I'm sure that my, yep. I'm for years we've skipped like certain events, yes. family gatherings and stuff like that, because yeah. like a kid had a cold or something like that, either ours or somebody else's. Yes. I don't go places with my sick children or with my sick self. Like why the fuck would you do that to people? It's so <laughs> fucked up. I, I like, so I guess my, so I guess my question is, do you think that this is like unbelievable writing or do you think it's just like, hmm, good question. This is a shitty character trait of Dr. Brown, because I, I think it is a shitty okay. character trait and I think that it's like irresponsible of him. And I think that it is connected to like his deep, like his character flaws. It's like, I, I, you know, especially because they call it out okay, with everybody's right. favorite. And character. I can see that. Okay, but here's the thing: it's it wasn't just that he, for example, didn't get a flu shot. His sneezes were disgusting, you guys. And I know I was joking before, but every sneeze was this open sneeze. He didn't even try to cover his nose or anything. He just sure. sneezed, and it's like that's long time people have been covering their sneezes. That's egregious. That's like a way. That's a bigger than a personality flaw. I don't know. That's For me, like, it's like it, it kind of connects with like Andy is a literal baby. Like this is his first time being sick, and he doesn't know like what to do. Oh, like despite come on. The fact, despite the fact <laughs> that he's a doctor, like he's an idiot, and like I think that's kind of funny. But so like I, I I guess I'm just trying to like again like trying to under like are you frustrated with the show for depicting that and like making light of it. Cause I could understand yes, that again, again, I, I, your opinion changed Like what you said about the writing, I agree with it except for, I just wish he would at least cover his nose. I think it was so ridiculously disgusting that it like, if it was supposed to be funny or just like a, Oh gosh, this guy, that's so rude. Like he was so gross about it. Like these sneezes, maybe it's Treat Williams sneezing. Sorry, Treat Williams, but it's fucking. He was like, and it was just what? I do, I do think like 
it, it must a part of it must be like a product of the time like 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 people weren't taking germs seriously before covid especially back in like yeah. 2002 2003 it's like they didn't you know, even know they, about them back then <laughs> they didn't know about germs <laughs> oh wow groundbreaking <laughs> dr <laughs> abbott oh man wow he like anyway. invented vaccines is that what we're saying <laughs> it's so, so i mean like it is definitely weird watching now for yeah. sure yes and like but like i, I guess i'm like it's interesting. Like I would be interested to, to like to do a content analysis of like how TV shows kind of treated the cold and the flu and like germs and stuff. Okay. What about, so do you remember the, I know this is a different TV show, but friends uh -oh. remember when friends happened and Monica was never sick. Did you watch? You've them. never watched friends. There's a very iconic episode where she gets sick and she's gross and whatever. And like, people are like, get away, stay in your own. And what, when's that show from the nineties? That's from the nineties and the two thousands. Like even been a slight people overlap. weren't just like, again, it's fine. I'm, I shouldn't just keep harping on it, but it's fine. If he's a jerk about not getting the, the vaccine or like not like even going places, that's fine. I, I totally accept the writing choice of him being thinking he's God and he's fine, but the outward yeah. sneezing and the tissues on the bar, it's really gross. And people, and people not freaking out. So, okay. Yeah. Like no, fewer people just going, excuse me, like cover yeah, your yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah. You just sneezed so like, on me. So yeah, that's a really good point. And I, and I think it, I think that it's again something to attribute to like they wrote themselves into a corner. Mm -hmm. They needed to have <laughs> this detective duo yeah. go out and about, go to all these places, and they needed it to also have to do with the flu yeah. to explain yeah. like the the bodies, like have that be connected with the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. And so like basically then, then you have tell Treat Williams whole... to cover his nose. That's all. Just tell him to cover his fucking nose. But he has to play it as like I've never gotten sick before. And really? He's in denial. Never? This is a ridiculous show. I have to assume that somebody has never sneezed in their life. And they're like 45. Yeah, there are people who claim they've never gotten sick. There are people who absolutely claim that. Oh but, my but, God. Uh, but 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 your your theory breaks down here though, because he talks about, oh, I think it's just my allergies, which cause you to sneeze. Yeah. And even if you're not sick. You still cover your yes. mouth. Like, it Why should be a fucking fuck? instinct. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so I mean, like, so yeah, I, I think it's like they went really broad with it. Yes. Was it like the director tell him to like be over the yeah, top with it? He's like yeah. a clown. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think it's a choice that they made, yeah. and like it is, it is a it is a very specific misguided depiction of of being sick. And for good reason, it triggered KT. It's super gross. Very good reason. I think people need to be more responsible about that stuff. Yes. Um, and, you know, I guess, but we have Everwood to thank for bringing America's attention to this important issue. <laughs> thank you, Everwood. In a passing comment made by Dr. Abbott at one point in the show. Thank you, Everwood. We'll get to, I, that, is, I, that is a great moment. I, I'm looking forward <laughs> to when we get to that. And we can, it will insert it. We'll edit it, put it in the episode. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Andy's in denial about getting sick. He does say that, like, you know, this is the first, this is the most time we've spent together over a two-day period, and I'm beginning to realize why we don't spend time <laughs> together. Um, yeah. We get more parenting conversation between Andy and Harold, which is always fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. triggered by Harold realizing, like, your 15-year-old son is on a date in a bar. Yeah. And 
are here as a chaperone. Like, come on. <laughs> what was he drinking? Water? Tree no, limbs? that's what. No, Harold Abbott. Oh, I don't know. Milk? It, it, it looked, looked very milky. creamy. It was a white Russian. That's what I was wondering. Wow, a white Russian. Interesting. I, I, oh, I've, it's been a long time since I had a white Russian. I love those. Um, that was like one of the first alcoholic drinks I ever had. Cool. And it was really cool, but now I can't have you them because they big, make my. Big Lebowski fan. I didn't, I hadn't seen it at I that know. point. Yeah. Um, I do like Andy's line like, look, I'm trying to encourage my son's friendship with his jazz playing piano instructor. <laughs> Who I hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Ooh. I wanted to f go back and listen to this dialogue again because it's so good at the bar. It's again like they're they're you know, so like the genre thing like they're playing with what is it like a like a film noirish almost kind of detective genre, hard boiled detective something like that. So what do we got? Got a man's name with no person attached, woman's bones with no name attached, perpetrator with no memory attached. It's bleak. You know, it speaks volumes about your father that you're so determined to clear his name. It's what any son would do. Yeah, any son whose father isn't a moron. You said it, not me. Hey, you were right about Ephraim. I've got all the parenting instincts of a ficus. I was trying to teach Bright how to ride a bike for the first time. I got so fed up with him, I made him cry. Yeah, but that was just one incident. Are you kidding? Oh, no, I made Bright cry all over again when I tried to teach him how to, how to swim and shave drive a car you think there's any limit to the number of times you can tell a kid you're sorry before he starts to realize that you're never going to get it right oh, this was a terrible idea hello dr brown this is he i know something something about the murder you do what do you know meet me and i'll tell you why can't you tell me now well, let's just say I got something you want, you got something I want. Meet me down at the old candy factory in an hour. Who is this? And bring your doctor's bag with you. What's that? I think we just got our first anonymous tip. Let's go. Grab me some pretzels. You get a man's name with no person attached, a woman's bones with no name attached, a perpetrator with no memory attached. It's bleak. <laughs> it's like it's like straight out of like a, mm -hmm. a, a Raymond Carver novel. Yep. Mm -hmm. the name? Raymond Carver. Something yeah. Like Fuck yeah. What's his detective's name? Philip something? Philip Harlow? I don't know. Who cares? Okay. Uh, Marlowe. <laughs> Philip Marlowe. Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe? Nope. All right. Philip Marlowe. Perry Mason. Yeah. Columba? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is where we get Harold talking about that he always made Bright cry. This is one of those lines yep. that Chris Pratt's manager like said, like you have to get people talking about Bright in here. He was mentioned in that same scene in the same yeah. location anyway. In that bar, there's something mm -hmm. about Ezekiel being a religious place oh, where they knew there you go. Just and they had to talk about him in, the, in these scenes. He was probably up there playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do we want to do some pr uh, prattling on? Prattling on with AT. Right, wasn't in this episode, but that doesn't matter because he's a fucker. It's so hard because there's no fucking news about Chris Pratt. Is he going to be at the inauguration what? tomorrow? He's. 
I'm not. I almost made a very off-color joke. I do not like Chris Pratt. He is not in the news because he's fucking stupid and irrelevant, and everyone already canceled him. He is a coward and won't stand up for LGBTQ people. I mean, speaking of Elliot Page, Elliot was the fucking one that like really tried to call him oh, out two years ago. Remember? So, fuck Chris Pratt. He's gross. He's the worst Chris in all of Earth. Hundred <laughs> percent. There's no Chris Pratt news, that's for sure. Yeah, but because he's irrelevant, there is as of today. Everwood made the headlines. It Bye. did. AV Club reports the moment has arrived. It's time to head to Everwood. Um, Everwood is coming to HBO Max. Is mm-hmm. that yes? Basically? Yeah. Like we have been recording this podcast for months now. Yeah. Like we we had our finger like on the pulse here. I think mm-hmm. there's an Everwood Renaissance. I think people are going to be actually like discovering revisiting it maybe and maybe even discovering the show for the first time and i'm actually like my <laughs> my seriousness about maybe actually trying to release this, this as a podcast has increased by like maybe 20 <laughs> percent. okay then it's- i need to say once again how badly i feel about how i've treated <laughs> treat williams because you know what sucks like it's funny to be mean right like i I have built like a fucking character on a podcast that people like because will is a fucking asshole and i am not that person in real life this is like a performance almost that i'm doing right i make fun of people but i also am like i don't want anyone to be mean to each other like if i actually ever knew treat williams would ever hear any of these things my heart would break i feel so terrible but also treat williams fucking cover your goddamn nose like what is happening what is like okay today tonight to fucking night right before right fucking before we recorded treat williams posted this beautiful little video of him about the snow okay he is the most wholesome little man he is adorable you he is kind he obviously is a gorgeous singing voice and i'm so appalled like man maybe my arc on this podcast is just like realizing that like i don't know like i don't maybe i don't have the spine to be mean to be funny anymore it's getting hard to be unless it's chris pratt right unless it's chris pratt because he sucks treat williams is obviously like this really kind person i would God, if I made fun of his pants to him, he would be so sad. He just seems like such a nice. All right, Katie, let's say this. If we actually end up releasing this, like, like, let's, you you know, obviously you can listen to every episode if you want before it gets published. I will have to. But at the very least, like, we will record, like, an, an intro. intro where I can apologize to treat <laughs> William. I swear to God, I would have, and then at the end, I'll say, you know what? But also, I don't apologize to Chris Pratt. You deserve everything I fucking said 100%. to you in this goddamn podcast. 100%. 100%. Treat Williams. I'm sorry. Also, to, I sincerely to, if you am, would like me to reduce so kind. Adam's excitement, uh, the I didn't realize at the beginning of that article said, okay, so it's a slow TV Tuesday. <laughs> Hey, I, I will take it. 
Oh, slow this TV. This is a great show. Guess what? If people start fucking, if I good. like, I mm-hmm. Everwood is a wonderful little show yep. that I'm continually surprised by. Oh yeah, and it's Treat Williams' best role. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, great in it. He's perfect for Andy Brown, the bewildered, brilliant neurosurgeon. If we if we continue into season two at all, a podcaster, no, yeah, maybe we'll have to do like like well, yeah, watch it on HBO Max. Throw yeah. them, throw their algorithm our little slice of the yeah, the, the metrics. Absolutely. Um. Okay, so they're at the bar. Andy gets a call. <laughs> the it's another playing with the trope of like an anonymous tip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember the days when you got a call on yourself and you had to stand up yeah. to get it. <laughs> He, well, he, it's because of his pants. Oh, his yeah. pants. Well, you'd think it'd be easy. It's just right there by his, God! like, by his stomach. Uh, who puts well, the pants pockets, on Treat Williams on the this pockets, show? The pockets are really deep. Oh, so it gets, okay. And really tight, though. Like, Treat Williams is not, like, why are his, what is wrong with his pants in every pair of pants, even the jeans? Do you remember two minutes ago when you were talking about how you feel really bad no, about making fun? Yeah, but, <laughs> Costume designer, Portrait yeah. Williams. I want to see they Treat can Williams hear this too in a regular With pair this of pants. Everyone Renaissance, everyone's gonna hear this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, uh, it's it's okay. We're at least interesting to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Except for last week's episode. Where's Jerome? <laughs> <laughs> Jerome uh, had a an art making night at the studio. Cool. Oh, that's so um, cool! But then he realized that he got the night wrong, and he, he went home early. I was like, "You oh, can yeah. still come to Everwood if you want, or you could just like take a bath and watch like your own shit." He was yeah. like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that." <laughs> yeah, I mean, after doing actually, all that. he Adam just didn't hear anything after he suggested <laughs> he come over. Yeah, and watch more he didn't respond. <laughs> He'll respond in an hour saying, "Oh, I didn't see this. Uh, sorry, I totally would have come for fake week after Valentine's Day." <laughs> and you um, reply, "It's okay. Recording. We're still recording the episode. <laughs> come on by. You can give our." Talk to us about jazz, Jerome. Oh my God! You, you, you can be our jazz expert. Wait, wait, why? No, no, no particular reason. What? Oh my Jesus God! Uh, the anonymous informant says, "Bring your doctor's bag." We don't know who he is. All we do, we just see a close-up of the mouth. Very mm-hmm. mysterious. He says to come to the like the old, the abandoned candy factory or something. Yep, that is what he said. Um, so they go there. Uh, yeah. This is oh. this is my favorite like scene, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning mm-hmm. here. Katie, okay, so you cracked up. I love when Harold well, they they hear a noise, mm-hmm. classic scary noise in an alley. Is that when he grabs his shoulder? Uh-huh. Harold jumps and grabs Andy's shoulders from behind. Him. Oh, I loved That's it. So perfect. Yes. What's that? What's that? Who would I know? Well, did it sound human to you? Yeah, in a metal hand scraping on concrete kind of a way. In a metal hand scraping on concrete kind a of way. A metal hand. It's so weird. It's awesome. Love it. The anonymous tipster does end up being one of the guys from the retirement home. It's the guy who wanted Viagra. But you missed the whole rant of that Harold yeah, Abbott that's has what about. I no, 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 no. That oh, comes okay. after. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Phew. It comes after this. Uh, Harold or Andy acts like he's right. He writes him a prescription for Viagra. He reveals that he actually wrote him a prescription for Flintstone vitamins. The, this guy, Charlie, I think his name is, gives them family photos. 
of Marvin and and Peaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where <laughs> this great them. little rant. Yes. What's in there? Is it a clue? Family photos. Oh, you're kidding me. Marvin and Peaches Grand Canyon trip. Marvin and Peaches wedding night. Marvin and Peaches town hall retirement party. Great. Great, great. What we needed, what we really needed right now after driving seven and a half miles outside of town to to haggle with that geriatric shyster in this godforsaken rat-infested arson hazard is a nice stroll down memory lane with Marvin and Peaches. And Jim. Marvin and Peaches and Jim. Their dog. That I love the phrase geriatric shyster. Yes. Oh my God. And he delivers it amazingly because oh, he's yeah. really it really feels like he's trying to think of these words, but that mm-hmm. they come to him so quickly. Like it is such good acting. Yep. Such good delivery. Honestly, like when I when I talk about Everwood and and talk about how like it it's great character work. Yeah. Like that like this scene yeah. for Tom Amandis yes. as Harold Abbott is is like the top thing that I'm mm-hmm. thinking of yes. when when I talk about how great the character work on this show oh, is. It's so because good. it's just so it's so spot on. It's so fun. By this time, right, we're 17 episodes in the season. Mm-hmm. We know these characters so well. The relationship got off like so clearly and perfectly even from the <laughs> yep. get-go mm-hmm. so that by now like seeing them be detectives together and fucking <laughs> go to the, an abandoned factory yeah like th- like doing this like it's so profoundly enjoyable mm-hmm. I, I just love so it good but that's it they, they look at the photos and that's when they discover that jim was a Dog. What a fucking <laughs> shitty name for a poodle. No, I thought yeah. it was great. It's hilarious. <laughs> it that's funny. what it was such I mean, like, right, Jim. you're right. It is a terrible name for a poodle, but that's what's that's so great about good. it. Yes. That's like the name that is like the name I would give to a poodle. Jim. <laughs> yeah, gotta. Um, so in the next interrogation scene with Marvin. <laughs> Poor man. So it's like so yeah, so you you killed a dog. All right, you could have mentioned that. Yeah, and I was burying him, and that's when I found the bones. <laughs> <laughs> and I so love good. Andy's Treat Williams's delivery of he turns and looks back. It's like that's when I found the bones. You found the bones, did you say? You found the bones? Yeah. Did you yeah. say? <laughs> yeah. Like you can tell the actors are having so much fun. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. That is that's always fun. Yeah. And it ends up being property values. Yeah, because if they found out about the bones, property values are good down. <laughs> right. We solved a real estate mystery. <laughs> and this is the scene, yes, I love. Like they they pepper in. Two times where where Aunt, the people reference Andy having the flu. He's like, no, I don't have the flu. No, I don't have the flu. And then he says it again. No, I don't have the flu. And, and Harold snaps at him so yeah. overpoweringly. Like, it's so perfect. He's like, cover your mouth. You're going to give Marvin your flu. I don't have the flu. This is just my allergies acting up. You're interrupting my investigation. The investigation is over. He ran over his dog by accident. We can all go home. Finally. I don't think so, Brown. Oh. Sounds like you got the flu. No, I don't have the flu. I just oh, don't... for heaven's sake, you have the flu. Next year, just take the damn flu shot. And he finally says, cover your nose, too. Hello? Nobody told him that this whole time? Nope. 
Thank you, Tom Amandes. I love you. <laughs> Tom Amandes. He improvised that. It wasn't even in the script. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. just because Treat, Treat Williams, Williams doesn't know how to fucking be polite. <laughs> God damn it, Treat Williams. Treat Williams, I love you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, our sweet. The end of the scene is great where like you see like Dr. Abbott having like a, light bulb a moment. moment. <laughs> light bulb moment. He's like, I gotta go check on something. Yep. And he's like, check on what? And Harold just leaves and yeah. And he turns around. The sheriff's like looking at him, like, "What?" He's like, "He'll, He'll tell, tell me, me later." <laughs> that was so good. That was so that funny. Is when, when everyone is at its best is when it is willing to be like little, have little quirky, goofy moments. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. When it like lets itself get kind of sitcommy. Mm-hmm. And but I, but and I do think that like you're right, KT. That like it's a it's fascinating that the show is able to get. Simultaneously, like like so melodramatic, yes, and like soap opera ish with like people in comas and like all this, like yeah. it can be melodramatic, sometimes effect like effectively so, uh-huh. sometimes eye rolling, especially with like the teenage storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the teen stuff even can be kind of like affecting and like kind mm-hmm. of cool, but like it can be very serious, but then it can also be very goofy and like, but for for me at least the like. My hope would be, KT, that like as you kind of continue watching and like reflect on like the first, especially the first season as a whole, <clears throat> that like those disparate kind of elements and like tones that the show can kind of adopt, mm-hmm. that they, that they, I hope that for you, they end up being a cohesive, co- like part of a cohesive DNA of the show. Mm-hmm. Because I think it does function that way. I think mm-hmm. that it, and that. What I love about the show is that it, it manages to be it, like have a cohesive, coherent kind of feel to it. Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah, I think it's just I'm, I'm always surprised because I forget yeah. that yeah. that it can be a certain way and not like I'm always expecting yeah. more of like I think I, I honestly think I'm always expecting more of a Seventh Heaven thing because we keep comparing it to Seventh sure. Heaven or like yeah. saying that it was in the like sisterhood of those shows or whatever um I, it's not seventh heaven like i don't but i don't know why i keep doing I, I don't know it, it's much it's much more fun and funny and i think i yeah. think it's standard senile dementia i think you're f- yeah. forgetting things yeah. it's, that's which is not sad. a funny joke it's sad <laughs> but also funny it can be both yeah that's the dna of everwood never wouldn't <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, I I totally missed this, by the way, is like the last Ephraim scene with with Amy, but we don't have to talk about that. Oh, yeah. I talk about jeans and dockers. I kind of didn't track the metaphor. Oh, so dumb. Um, But they were walking super close to each other. Yes, way Mm -hmm. too close. I thought it was funny that at the beginning of the Ephraim storyline, you commented on jeans, on bootcut jeans. Yes, I did. And then they talked about jeans in the last scene. It was because it was all about pants. Candy uh, literally, the, the, the opening shot, I feel like, and maybe I'm misremembering, but like the reason I made the comment was because it was like it zoomed in on someone's like bell bottom almost. I, uh, I didn't notice. It was really interesting. It was very like, I was going to say 90s, but I guess it's not well, from the 90s, but know, around the same in. time, those jeans. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Those jeans. It, it man. had you thinking about jeans before they started talking about dogs. I was wearing jeans. I was wearing Jinko jeans at, at this time. Yes. There's a photo of. When the first play I ever did was Diary of Anne Frank, 
play the Nazi officer <laughs> that comes in at the end. But there's a cast photo <laughs> of us from my senior year of high school standing like on the stage or whatever. And I definitely have like Janko jeans yep. on. Uh-huh. This, when this photo got posted to Facebook a few years back, like people were definitely yeah. <laughs> rightfully so giving me a hard time. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were ridiculous. It's amazing. I don't regret any of that shit, though. That's that's like mm-hmm. you, it, it, at the time it was cool. And now you can look back and be like, dude, I had Janko jeans like my my sense of fashion was completely bizarre. Like, yeah, it's fun to look back. You're not the same person. Like, it's yeah. I don't think they were cool on me. And I'm ultimately, sure they were. I, I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> my my Jinko jeans theater memory is that I discovering that it felt uh cool to have tights on under jeans cuz I would be, have them on mm-hmm. in preparation for one of my many Shakespearean plays that mm-hmm. I did in high school. That's pretty cool. Tights are tights are fun. Yep. They're fun. <laughs> uh so Harold has set up I guess a press conference at the uh place where the bones were found. Um, he's talking about the Spanish flu, which again, interesting timing for us to be watching this uh, (laughs) pandemic. Um, Harold explains like, that's all like, I guess. So did everyone just bury all of its Spanish flu victims there? I guess that's the idea. Well, they said they had a, they had a site, I think, or he said towns had sites where people would have the, and then everyone I think had a site, Mm -hmm. which doesn't, doesn't have any markings but if i'm correct and he like turns yeah. and looks at some landmark yeah, I, I thought he was gonna house. gesture to yeah, like a, a, a 300 year old oak tree or right. something i don't know nothing. he didn't yeah. he just turned back around i think it's here it, to me it was gave the impression that he was just looking at houses i'm like how is this helping you find yeah. what you're looking for <laughs> but like you clearly already kind of know where you're supposed to be you gathered everything <laughs> right? here. Yeah. he gathered right. them there then he well, takes he them two miles somewhere else he was being he was being i, I know yeah. I just thought he was going to make a specific reference. I've gathered based on these records here in this tree or whatever. I thought he was going to put on a big show. Um, Brenda (laughs) is like, I would know if there were skeletons. I'm a realtor. Um, And then they find more skeletons and she faints. She really faints. So I love it. Here's what I got confused about here. Okay. Like that when they did the initial digging, where were they digging? At the guy's house. So why are they at her house? I think, I think it's the same next door. location. Yeah, it's the and same I think place. she, as a realtor, probably ha- like has sold that house and been involved in deals involving that house over the years, you know? But it's her primrose. I gathered it was yes, her house I now. thought it was the, babe, oh. their neighbors. There's, but are there's they houses neighbors? Are, oh, it maybe could be that it's her house now. But That's I, the other thing I, I was wondering. Yeah. Was it, did she purchase it? Like, does, you know, he lives in a nursing home now, like... Yeah, maybe it's her uh, house. I, I, I just, yeah. I got confused. Like, I wondered if I missed some explanation I earlier. I thought she was the neighbor. I didn't even realize. I thought she was talking about the primrose maybe on the border of yeah. the lawn. Or so. I didn't even, I just thought she was. Well, it's, it's also possible that Harold, has he, like, had people, people, like, digging in multiple, like, areas, multiple years? I don't know. Yeah. It's also possible that Brenda Baxworth is, like, the Johnny Appleseed of primroses <laughs> Neverwood. Oh, they're all hers. <laughs> they're all hers. I, 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 like that fe- I like that theory. Yes, I do, too. I hope that actually comes up in a later season and you're just messing with us that it doesn't. I'll never tell. Woohoo! I can't wait. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, 
so the mystery solved. Uh, it was a Spanish flu all along, and KT was right to freak out about it. Are you, it. <laughs> you ready for my conspiracy theory now? Uh-oh. So yeah. he made this whole show, right? And he was like, a few more shovelfuls, and I bet you we're going to find bones. Yeah. And conveniently, literally one shovelful right. later, there was bones. He put the bones there. They were the same bones. There was no Spanish flu grave. He was just trying to clear his father's name. Wow. Whoever this lady is, nobody knows who she is. Oh my God. Tom so Amandis. There is an unresolved yeah. murder. Never well, was. maybe. I mean, I don't know if it was a murder, but yeah. Oh yeah. God. I mean, killed herself and then buried herself. It's possible. Maybe the dog Jim killed her. <laughs> Jim. Um, all right. Andy ends up confronting Matt, the piano teacher. Matt makes a point of saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, I'm not looking to set any examples. Uh, I just, you know, Ephraim's 15. He'd rather get laid right now. He doesn't care much about music. You know, there are plenty of kids out there that are better than him because they actually give a shit. Which is a pretty good compliment. There is a thousand kids who are better, which I think is a very good. Yeah, that's like, a that's, super good compliment. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe he was saying a thousand kids and 10 million adults. That's what he was. Uh, yeah, a thousand kids, like little kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he basically is like, yeah, clearly he has issues with you. And like, because you want him to play the piano, He's not going to want to. I just love like the, the, right. the conclusion of all of this is like that Andy basically has to pretend to like ban piano playing. No piano in this house <laughs> as like reverse psychology. Is that bizarre? I don't know. Or like him just being out of the room during the lesson solves it. Yeah, I know. Like, does he want him to just never talk again? Just don't talk to your son. Okay? Don't compliment your son's piano playing. Pretend like you're disgusted by it. Yeah. <laughs> this guy he hired a pianist and a psychologist all in one. Oh wait he doesn't know shit he's he just a dumb guy i'm not i'm not shooting to be an example here that was so weird that was such a weird line any person that is a tutor or a teacher should not say something like that yeah it almost makes you wonder if like there's a reason that they had this character say that hmm. oh, oh. why do i feel the need to do this <laughs> you did it with patriot season two and it broke the dam <laughs> oh fuck um the best probably the best scene in terms of like being touching is the last scene with marvin judge marvin mm -hmm. harrison and harold yes well that should about do it marvin Anything else I can get you before I go? No, I'm good. Uh, thanks for the lift. You can go on back to Edna and the kids now. Oh, and uh, give this five and a hell junior, acing the finals the way he did. Such a good kid. No. No. Take it. And don't think I didn't see you bragging about him again at the golf course, making Bert jealous. You know it drives him crazy when you talk about Hal Jr. I've told him. We can't all have extraordinary sons. Some that are luckier than others, you were blessed. Yes, yeah, I was. But take it. Tell him his godfather's proud too. Harold gets to basically stand there and hear Marvin like 
call out his dad for bragging about him too much at the golf course. It's <laughs> so sweet. It's a very sweet scene, very sweet moment. Harold brought him a Billy Holiday record on vinyl. And this is how like obsessed I was with this show and how in love I was with like the music mm-hmm. and the soundtrack, especially in season one. I when I got a record player, like I bought a record with exactly that recording of that Billy Holiday song just so that I could have like, and I still love the, like the, just the experience of putting on that record and hearing that recording of you go to my head, like the crackle of it. Like, yeah, I wanted that because of seeing it in this episode and seeing like dancing to it at the end, which is so like, I mean, sad in a way that like everything is just media within media within media and i don't get to have like a genuine experience of like a connection with a song but i'm not going to read too much into it and i'm not going to beat myself up over it because that's just what it means to grow up in the 21st century (laughs) back then when that guy was a little person a young person you had like one experience and that had to like be your experience that you had for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. that sucked (laughs) (laughs) yeah way better that's true. I like that. That's a good point. Andy finally, like, it is bedridden with the flu. He's helpless. Now Delia's the one who's dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tables have turned. Um, Andy apologized to Ephraim. I should have let you go to Ezekiel's alone. I should have trusted you. No. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Like, I nope. don't think it's absurd yeah. for you to have been concerned about that. Yeah. It is a nice little interaction, though. Ephraim's like, dating pretty much just blows, doesn't it? And Andy had, <laughs> well, you know, when you meet the right person, dot, 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 dot. Nah, mm. it always blows. <laughs> yeah, the pause after. 30-second pause. And what a weird way to end the episode is with yes. Aaron Brown on CNN yes. reporting on the small town Everwood and, like, Andy, like, smiling, like, like, Oh, my small town made it on CNN. Like, yeah. Right. I thought there was going to be some sort of a payoff. Like, yeah. uh, here's Brenda Baxworth with how property values are soaring in Everwood or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Or, oh, that would have been good. You know. Honestly, my sense is that they just, they wanted to get like a well-known like news anchor <laughs> and they had the opportunity to get like that guy. And so they were like, oh, all right, well, we'll use him here. Interesting. <laughs> like, Whatever, weird. I guess, but yeah. um, it 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 just felt unresolved to me. Like it, it felt like it was uh, there was some sort of a it's going to be some sort of a payoff, and there was not. Yeah. Well, here's the payoff for this episode. Oh. It's TV time time. Yay! Welcome to TV time time. It's where I rhyme rhyme and read comments on TV time time. <laughs> All right. Four years ago, Luke the Duke wrote probably the less charming episode till now, but still I could find some amazing scenes with a very good acting by Gregory in parentheses. His love for Amy is so strong exclamation point, exclamation point and Amandis parentheses. I really enjoyed his part when he refused the $5 bill after having pretended to be his dad. Yeah. Every character gives me something. Everwood won't ever cease to attract me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Luke the Duke. Everwood won't ever cease to attract me either. Uh, Two years ago, so there's only two comments, that one and this one. 
uh, TV Time user The Fandom Lounge. This is kind of a long comment, actually. Oh. Wrote, you know this episode will probably be one of my favorites. Firstly, there was... <laughs> yes, we do. Firstly, there was this whole community vibe as they all sought out the supposed murderer and eventually solved the mystery. I thoroughly enjoyed Harold in this episode. His exasperatedness, clever wit, and sarcasm never fails to amuse me. But more than that, I enjoyed all the Dr. Brown, Dr. Abbott scenes. They are friends and men who would look out for each other even though they'll never admit it to each other or <laughs> anyone else. I'm sad Ephraim and Lainey ended so soon, but relieved it ended on a good note and that Lainey isn't one of those petty girls trying to prove a point. Eh, careful. Uh, how sad, though, knowing Amy invested so much in someone who wouldn't have done the same for her. Yeah, talking about Colin. But he's in love with her now, so it's all good. Yeah, it's Colin the second. Lastly, my fave scene of this episode would be the last one between Harold and the judge. It was sickly sweet and exactly what Harold needed to hear. Must be nice to know by accident how proud your father was of you. <laughs> anyway, Harold won in this episode. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yes. Very good comment. Thank you. Fandom Fandom Lounge. Um, cool. Let's do ratings. Let's do okay. it. Do it. For me, this one is, yeah, fives across the board. I was excited because uh. I knew that there was some great stuff in this with the, the police yeah, the L.A. confidential kind of reference, detective murder mystery stuff going on. Um, I knew there was going to be Harold stuff. Five while watching and. Um, well, yeah, maybe should I dock it like half a point for doing it, Adam responsible with its flu communication? <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, but gross. Right, I, but that's Katie's job. Yeah, gross. Right. OK, so. Coming in, we had Everwood Confidential. Five stars, because last time I somehow knew that Kim Basinger was in L.A. Confidential. Well done. So that's automatically goes to the five stars wow. going in in anticipation of yeah. watching the show because of my trivia knowledge. She was in. She had a cameo in this episode. She played the black jazz pianist at, the, at Ezekiel's. Oh, wow. Groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then during watching, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this. This episode. wait, hold on, hold on, Kim Blackface singer. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Workshop All that. Right. Bring it Sorry. to your next open mic. Oh my god. Oh All right, god. so you were saying you were you enjoyed it? Yes. Watching it, five stars. And then afterwards, it was five stars until Adam interrupted my middle star rating, <laughs> which brings it down to a three star. <laughs> no, I, lo I love this show too much. Well, sorry. My interruption had nothing to do with my love of the show and everything to do with my need to make a blackface pun. Oh, I know yeah. what the need was for. I'm talking about my experience in retrospect. It Great. brought it down to three stars. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for being honest. You're welcome. All right. Anticipation. I wouldn't blame you if it's like two or three after last week. <laughs> like even I was like in a like I was so tired and bored last week yeah. that I was even I was like reading the lines but like monotonously. Yes. It was rough. Like what is that episode gonna be? Anyway, no no no. That that didn't actually I was so looking forward to this. I mean, I wasn't looking forward to talking about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, right, I was. Too... These are ratings of Everwood episodes. Yeah, that's not true. of you, not of Adam. I mean, that's... thank God, I, I couldn't live with the, the ratings of me. Please, no, 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 no. I I was very excited about watching Everwood. I think the name of it was like curious and like weird, and I was hoping it would be good. So I would say five. Okay. Watching, I think I already said this while we've been recording, but it started at like a fucking two or a three. It was weird, confusing tone. I didn't like understand the quirkiness yet. I didn't like get what the fuck was going on. I thought there was like something more sinister and then it was clearly, it was weird. It just yeah. freaked me out. Didn't like it, but then it just kept getting better and better and the Herald stuff was fucking awesome. So I'm definitely giving it a five. And then afterwards, I mean, five, because I'm looking forward to next week. That's not <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, it's a five because I like talking about the sickness stuff. And I think that was a really good like debate because like, even though I know you guys don't agree with me I, and I don't really agree with you. Like, I think that we were able to find, like, common ground. Most good debates are when people agree. Oh. Finding common ground. Wait, what do we important? disagree about? Because I think we're in agreement about, like, the importance of covering your mouth uh -huh. and stuff. Well, we, that's what I'm saying. Well, Like, no, 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 we were just dis Oh, gosh. Now people have to rehash this. We have to chop all this shit out. Ugh. But it was... Let's the pretend only, we <laughs> the only My last star rating is going okay. down, you guys. <laughs> I think we I think we disagreed productively. Yes. And we agreed productively. It was and fascinating. I really liked that part of Good. it all. So definitely fine. Does that help your no. rating? Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's go to our uh oh wait, thing. he's like trying to what's maybe I should do a four. I'm trying to the... do it. I'm trying to I'm the Donald Trump of everyone. <laughs> yes, That's you a are. Rating. <laughs> yes. Come on, just find me one or two more stars. <laughs> make that joke last time one of I you did. i think you did me. right yeah. yeah that's and i tweeted it and he liked it oh you tweeted it yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure i did right yeah. <laughs> I, hope. I, I i think i asked you to tweet it which yes. again is very trump like of me. <laughs> yeah hey, i'm not allowed to tweet anymore can we tweet this from your account <laughs> yeah. is twitter great at you guys oh, fucking tweet yeah, yeah. all right prediction time oh i will say that the next episode, episode 18, is, so there are three, three of the remaining, one, two, three, four, five, six, three of the remaining six episodes of the season have commentaries on the DVD. Hmm. The next episode is one of them. Okay. Oh. It is episode 18, and the title is The Unveiling. What do you think that is about? Hmm. Well, this is just coming out of the blue, but I'm going to predict that this is about something about the piano teacher where like he's been saying some things. You're like, I wonder if they had him say that for a reason. And then it's unveiled that there was a reason. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I can't, I don't know. I'm not good at the predictions of the titles, I don't think. <clears throat> you need to let go of the need to, like, be right and just predict something. Wow, it's like you know who I am. <laughs> You're like, I can't say this if it might not. That's 
if it, not there's no chance true, of it being right. But I know it's only because I'm like, I'm trying, I have the disadvantage. First of all, I always go second. I go second in the ratings. I go second in this prediction thing. Oh, geez, so we got to slip it up. I'm just saying flicks, like flicks, you always get to improvise and do stuff and I'm trying to listen to you, but then I also have to fucking think of my own thing. I don't even now. I, I'm too high now. I don't even remember what he said. <laughs> Good. It's, it is called the, the unveiling. unveiling and there's commentary. But yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know what you said. I was, what did, what did you say? You well, said you it was about the, her being vindictive, and I'm then just what was making the other a thing? joke about oh, the things making, that Adam's been spoiling for? I us. was teasing that there's oh, a the reason why teacher. the piano teacher said, like, yeah. I'm not trying to set an example here. But would that be DVD commentary worthy, KT? Yeah. That's what you should be asking yourself. What would be commentary worthy? With six more episodes to go. With an episode called The Unveiling. There's Unveil. a nude statue somewhere. <laughs> Dr. Harold Abbott. Re revealed. Like it's. <laughs> and then there's a debate about whether. Maybe there's like. Nudity in town. Or an Italian like Renaissance art exhibit mm -hmm. is t on tour. Yeah. And it comes through Everwood. And but like the one nude statue that's very similar to like King David. Like is the spinning image of Dr. Abbott. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I don't know. No, I think that's a that's a fun prediction. That, that, it's that counts. Not, it's not really real because it I'm trying to think. To I'm trying to remember all of the characters and like what is like. There's you. There's some kind of through story. The only through stories we have going. It could be unveiling about like. It'll probably something to, to do. Like I'm guessing. How about the unveiling of like Colin's memory or some shit, and he remembers that he doesn't want really like her that I will much. say the term unveiling in this context pr probably does have yeah like double a double meaning one of them is a very specific cultural meaning of the term unveiling which I I'm not saying because I think that you'll like guess it I'm just saying it because I'm lording my power so somebody gets married? I was thinking of a wedding veil, too. I mean, that's what I thought originally, but there's yeah. nobody who's getting married except for, like, did our Irv and whatever, are they married? Maybe they get married. Irv and Edna, they are married, yeah. They, like, remarried, like, shortly after. She remarried shortly after. Maybe they renew their vows. Maybe, maybe... This is, a, yeah, no, it's a, it's a cult, it's a, it's a culture that it, you, not, that you're not familiar with so it doesn't matter oh, and i'm just way it. to go adam <laughs> Re my final review is one star oh, why half a star half late. a star that's as low as we it. go you can't go that low <laughs> you can't go, you can't. <laughs> it's too late we're not in the rating damn it well anymore. next time i'm gonna do half a he's star he's already put your rating into his spreadsheet I'm going to write it, it down. I'm going to write it down. One half star next time we, it's review time. Because One of culture didn't know. Culture didn't know. Oy vey. Um, all right. Hey, that's a cultural term. I just said that as a joke. I didn't say that as like a foreshadowing or a hint. Unlike everything else you've said tonight. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Everything has been yeah. a very carefully for the past two hours and two minutes. <laughs> Go back, 
write out every five letters of everything you <laughs> said. They will literally write out the complete script. <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. Well, this was fun. It was this fun. Everyone never wouldn't. Discussing Everwood Confidential. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. You're or welcome. for not joining us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's close okay. out. Okay. With the ceremonial uh, communal rendition of the Everwood theme song. Three, two, <laughs> one, two, three. go. I don't know what the theme Fuck 